Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. First Kings is to be understood together with Second Kings. This podcast will deal with First Kings. These two books conclude a history of Israel that begins with Joshua. Joshua judges Ruth, First and Second Samuel, and First and Second Kings tell the story of entry into the Promised Land and exile from it. First and Second Chronicles repeat much of that story. First Chronicles represents both the high point of Israel as a kingdom and the beginning of its demise. Let's dive into this book together to explore the themes of God's judgment and grace. The first 11 chapters of the book are about Solomon's rise and demise. In this way, Solomon's story is a lot like David's in 1st and 2nd Samuel. Both David and Solomon start off well in their faithfulness to the Lord. However, God disciplines them and brings judgment on the nation for their increased unfaithfulness to God's covenant requirements. Solomon's rise can be seen in his building of the temple. In the ancient Near Eastern world of which the Israelites were a part, it was a common pattern for kings to build a temple to honor their gods after a particular god gives them conquest over their enemies. We see this dynamic in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. In this passage, while David was responsible for the conquest with God's help, it would be David's son who would build the temple. See especially 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 9 through 13. The son of David is Solomon. And in addition to this, Solomon builds a great palace and expands Israel's kingdom into a small empire. Solomon's demise comes after his rise. Like David, Solomon falls because of misguided sexuality. You might recall David's sin with Bathsheba in 2 Samuel chapter 11. According to God, David was a man after God's own heart. Solomon inherited this heritage of faith, but his faith in the Lord became corrupted because of multiple marriages to secure international trade and alliances. These wives led him astray because he set up places of worship for their pagan faiths. Rather than bearing witness to the Lord as the one true God, Solomon let his wives influence his faith and through him that of the nation. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 14 through 16, the Lord had promised that he would discipline future sons in their rebellion and that he would remain faithful to the royal line of David. So we see both judgment and grace there working together as we do throughout the whole Old Testament and New Testament. The Lord picks up this promise and story in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. Let's hear about God's judgment and grace here where the passage says, And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. 
but he did not keep what the Lord commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Since this has been your practice, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes that I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Yet for the sake of David your father, I will not do it in your days, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of David my servant and for the sake of Jerusalem that I have chosen. First, there is judgment. The Lord judges Solomon because he didn't keep God's covenant through Moses that he had made with the people of Israel. We hear about that in Exodus through Deuteronomy. Solomon became unfaithful in taking on the worship of other gods. When we hear his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel. Then there's God's grace. God would not do this in the days of Solomon, but during the reign of his son, Rehoboam. Moreover, God would give one tribe, that of Benjamin, to Rehoboam. Why did God do this? Because of his covenant faithfulness to David and to Jerusalem. For the rest of First and Second Kings, there will be two kingdoms. The northern kingdom, made up of ten tribes, and the southern kingdom, made up of Judah and Benjamin. Somewhat confusingly, the northern kingdom will be called Israel at times. And it becomes increasingly difficult to track Israel's history as readers. Thus, First and Second Kings is really a story about two kingdoms. The northern and southern kingdoms both go down the same road. In the end, they both go into exile because of their covenant unfaithfulness. More on this in our podcast on 2 Kings, coming up in a couple weeks. The southern kingdom lasts about 150 years more because of God's covenant commitment to David and because there were at least a few good kings in the southern kingdom. Israel's kings are judged in terms of their religious commitment rather than their political accomplishments. We know this because of the way in which the narrative unfolds, in terms of its emphases and how the story is told. Also, we have some archaeological evidence that demonstrates that certain kings accomplished some things that were noted by other kings in the ancient Near East. So the narrator chooses not to hit on those things. It is also important to note that the presence and activity of prophets from God among the northern and southern kingdoms God worked through several prophets, most notably Elijah and Elisha in 1 and 2 Kings, to warn and guide God's people. Indeed, this is why 1 and 2 Kings is among the former prophets in the Hebrew Bible, along with Joshua, Judges, and 1 and 2 Samuel. In this arrangement of the Old Testament, the two books are put together under the title Book of Kings. The likely reason why they would later be split into two books is because they were too large to fit on one scroll. So, as followers of Jesus, how can we read and appropriate this book as part of our story? First, this is really a story about God as king. God is sovereign in his judgment and grace for both the king and the people. We see this sovereignty of God exhibited at the cross, where God is both just and gracious. Speaking of God's gracious work 
of justifying us through Jesus' death and resurrection, Paul says this in Romans chapter 3, verse 26. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Both God's holiness and love are honored in Jesus' redemptive death. God's holy judgment is satisfied in Jesus taking upon himself the sin of the world. God's gracious love is shown in offering us salvation through faith in Christ. Through Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, God exalted Jesus as the final son of David, the one who would rule over God's kingdom forever. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign to subscribe or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.